Good night, parents' first chance encounter. Good night, ovum, alone. Good night, placenta. Good night, fetal dreams. Good night, hearing the Korean language through water, blood, and mother skin. Good night, birthing process, crowning, crown. Good night, baby, exit wound, you. Good night, Korean name. Good night, family registry and list of fathers and fathers and fathers and further farther. Good night, sisters. Good night, brothers. Good night, how many and how many. Good night, Haraboji and Haraboji. Good night, Uma and Abba. Good night, singular moon over the roof of our dwelling. Good night, mother's milk. Good night, scent of mother's neck. Good night, blank. Good night, foster family. Five adults and a dog. Good night, homeland. Good night, fellow citizens. Good night, my, your, our language. Good night, memory and its imprints. Good night, Park Chung Hee and your assassins. Good night, Park's wife, Yu Kyung Soo, and a high school student, Jung Bong Hua. Good night, Smith and Wesson, 22. Good night, Park Yun Hee, daughter of Park Chung Hee, Korea's first woman president. Good night, impeachment. Good night, reunification. Good night, going to bed with one face. Good night, waking up in another country. Good night, waking up in a blank house. Good night, waking up in a blank family. Good night, waking up in a blank name. Good night, wetlands of the body, how they weep with ceasing. Good night, fever dream and fugue states. Good night, graves of my ancestors. Good night, soju poured on headstones. Good night, merging into the crowd. Good night, family medical history, throat cancer, heart attack, madness, suicide, patricide. Good night, grandparents of my American Korean children. Good night, the Korean girl and Korean woman I would have been. Good night, everything. Sun Yung Shin, Lullaby. Raddick and Lena sit in the grass in Ville Perdue. Thornson died last night. Shepard died the night before. Ventress departed on her own early this morning to reach the lighthouse. Lena just told Raddick that whatever the shimmer is doing to people is inside her. Raddick replies, it will be in all of us. Watch minute 81 without the sound, and there is no reason to assume the conversation is about anything negative. It is two women sitting in the grass having a conversation. A serious conversation, but there is no reason to assume the presence of monsters in their recent history. No reason to assume they are on a suicide mission. Counselor Alyssa Webb McCune explains on Amy Wine Counseling, 22nd August 2019, quote, Preparations to end your life. It's a stage that isn't often talked about. We discuss the thoughts leading up to it, and then we discuss the actions of the suicide itself. But what about the in-between, when the person has made the decision, but the date hasn't yet come? The deceiving thing for the person experiencing it is that it can be extremely calming, comforting, soothing, a wave of peace like they are making the right decision. It might be the only thing that calms their panicked, angry mind. Suddenly everything feels like it clicks in place and it just reaffirms to that person that this is the right decision, even though it most certainly isn't. The scary thing about this is that person has made a decisive step forward towards ending themselves. It may seem like they are handling things or managing it, and they are, but not in a long-term healthy way. Things are managed because they know they won't be living with the stressors for much longer. They are being handled because that person has an escape plan, and very soon. End quote. Raddick, however we take it, has accepted her fate in a way that none of these women has or will. 
In Garland's script, she has been mortally wounded by the bear, so the nearness to death is obvious. On the screen, it is more subtle. Raddick has been the quiet one since her character's introduction, so the calm and quiet is not necessarily indicative of anything any more than Lena's dismay or Ventress's determination. The website for the same charity describes the sense of calm and quiet we see here. Quote, At the end of the suicidal process, some people reach a period when they have virtually given up. They often appear calm, which can come as a kind of relief for family and friends following times of anxiety, anger, fear, and uncertainty. It is a tense kind of calm, however, and many report a sense of waiting for something to happen. End quote. Raddick may not know exactly what will happen to her, but she knows she has come to her end. We may not have noticed the slight discolorations in Raddick's skin before this minute. We might not register the visible blood vessels in her cheek or anything particularly unusual about her body until the film focuses on her scarred forearms. Second two, we angle past Raddick on Lena, staring straight ahead, off-screen to the left. There's a long beat, the sounds of wind and distant birds. Raddick also faces forward. And here we come to a version of what Raddick says in the script before she asks Lena to kill her. As she speaks, Lena looks at her. Raddick. It was, it was so strange, strange hearing Shepard's voice in the mouth of that, that creature last night. Second 14, reverse. Raddick's head and shoulders filling the left side of frame. Tall grass and wildflowers filling the rest. Raddick continued. I think that as she was dying, part of her mind became part of the creature that was killing her. She doesn't say, as in the script, it's a terrible thought. Second 22 angle past Raddick on Lena, wider than before. The leg of the nearby topiary man is visible at left edge of frame. Lena turns now to look forward again. We might notice now the veins bulging in Raddick's neck. Raddick continued, Imagine dying frightened and in pain, having that as the only part of you which survives. Lena has looked away, around, and now looks up. This is not something she wants to imagine. Raddick does not say a pair of lines from the script that would have resonated nicely. Trapped in the mind of an animal. I wonder if I'll be trapped in you. Second 31, angle on Raddick. And maybe now we notice the blood vessels visible on her cheek and her jaw. Raddick continued. I wouldn't like that at all. And now Garland cannot help himself but to be obvious with his visuals. Second 34, angle on Raddick's left arm. Forearm up. Numerous lateral scars, many old, some red enough to be new. And at first we might think she is rubbing grass into them with her right hand, but this is our first indication of the plant life emerging out of Raddick. Her right forearm bears an abrasion that also has a coloration to it like a grass stain. If we have not seen it now, we might also find our eyes falling on Raddick's silver man-in-the-moon necklace. Or her watch. It is 2.46 according to Raddick's watch, so either she and Lena went to sleep after Ventress left, which seems both unlikely and entirely likely, given the adrenaline they must have been feeling after their encounter with Thorinson and with the bear. Or Raddick just has not set her watch, has paid no attention to it either before, outside the shimmer, or since being inside. Or maybe day and night do not come at the usual times within the shimmer. Raddick rubs her fingers on her forearm and then pulls her hand away. And maybe we do not notice in the moment that the greenery is only where the skin is redder. Raddick moves her left arm slightly and we cut, second 41, to angle from behind the two women. A blurry blend of old, overgrown playground equipment, topiary people, and other greenery beyond them. Raddick stands, and we should notice now the bulging veins in her arms. 
Raddick walks forward, away from camera. Second 47, Angle on Lena, watching. Second 50, Raddick, partly blocked by the nearby topiary man as she turns to the left. She stops between that man and two figures on the left. She turns abruptly toward Lena, toward camera. Raddick, continued, Ventress wants, wants to face it. it. You, you want, want to fight, fight it. it. But I, I don't think, think I...
away as like an empty vessel that yet may be drawn from without ever needing to be filled. It is bottomless, the very progenitor of all things in the world. In it all sharpness is blunted, all tangles untied, all glare tempered, all dust smoothed. It is like a deep pool that never dries. Was it too the child of something else? We cannot tell. But as a substanceless image, it existed before the ancestor. The previously cited Alyssa Webb McCune continues, Quote, If you notice a loved one doing any of these things, don't be afraid to ask, have you ever thought about hurting yourself in any way? Or are you thinking about killing yourself? Get them talking, and don't freak out. Support them in finding help and validate the heaviness and seriousness of where they are at. See and understand that to them life feels impossible to go on, and something needs to change. If you were there yourself, I see you. I know it's terrifying to think of living another month, living through what you are, holding on your shoulders what you do, facing another conflict again and again and again. I'm not asking you to promise forever, but can you extend preparations for just another two weeks, then another two weeks, then another? And can you add on the list of things to do, making a call to go see somebody, to go see a counselor, a doctor? It may not feel like it'll make a difference, but just try it and see. I can't promise things will be perfect. I can't promise things will be bright all the time. End quote. If you are feeling suicidal in this moment, please call 911 or the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 1-800-273-8255. That is 1-800-273-TALK. Say this without fear of hesitation 
stands among the topiary people. Time runs out for this minute. We spoke. What was it we said? Wordlessly watching He waits by the window and wonders at the empty place inside
Station.